How are you? Welcome back. Another episode here, L.A. Echo. Thank you for tuning in. We've listened to the most recent two episodes uh, with Charlie and I based off of growth stocks and uh, adjustable rate mortgages in I hope those episodes found you well and you have a better understanding of market conditions outside of the country. Um, these next three episodes are going to center around treasuries. I know sometimes that can be a bit boring for most people as they may not immediately understand treasuries, but you have to understand the reason it is the focus. Uh, most people look at a technical analysis chart to say, hey, this is what I am going to trade today. I am looking at the treasuries as a form of uh, as a gauge, excuse me, of health to the economy and looking at in terms of uh, direction of the economy. I know direction should be uh, pretty obvious at this current time. However, it's extremely important to be knowledgeable of what treasury auctions are doing and where people are looking to finance debt because of those treasury auctions. Uh, if I can understand where people are looking to finance debt, I can then look into and the debt issuance of uh, corporations. If I can pay attention and understand the issuance of corporations as well as their forward guidance from their earnings report, uh, I can have more clarity on where I want to place my bet because I would have a, a pretty good understanding of where they're going uh, after that. So I care about treasuries. Hopefully I can get more people who listen to the podcast to care about treasuries because you will then get a better understanding of how to create your own authentic ideas. But I do want to send a uh, huge shout out to Nate Coates uh, because this was something he brought to my attention. This episode is uh, about the dislocation of the 20-year treasury and the 30-year treasury. Uh, it's very important to understand those things. You know, I'm not going to go through the whole thing of defining a bond. I think I went through all of that um, many episodes ago about like, what's a treasury? What's a this? What's a that? But just understand that, um, you know, you can look up what a treasury is. I'm going to get into the meat of the episode because I've noticed the last few episodes have been about 30 minutes long, which is not what I like to do. I like to keep these pretty short and sweet uh, while trying to give you the most information possible. I'm not trying to, you know, hold your ear for prolonged amounts of time by uh, giving you a good idea and understanding of uh, what the thesis is here. So again, there's a, a dislocation between the 20-year treasury and the 30-year treasury. Uh, my thesis is that there's an arbitrage uh, that has been created between the 20-year and the 30-year treasury, uh, the 20 and 30-year maturity treasuries issued by the, uh, the U.S. government. Uh, this is a situation that is happening, obviously, due to um, less treasury auctions and the ability to, to not even the ability to finance at 20 and 30 years, but what is the demand for people wanting 20 and 30 year investment, right? This is super, super important. Now, normally uh, this 20 year uh, treasury um, was not as active and it still remains to be not as active, but it, it does have more interest in it currently. Um, and then the 30-year is very active because of mortgages, right? So you understand what their, uh, what their importance is. Now, that arbitrage opportunity become, comes about because of this. So the 20-year treasury has a yield, meaning a return on your money, if you put in return on your money, of 3.33%. The treasury has 
a return of 2.97%. Uh, this would be as of uh, June 5th, uh, 2022. Now, where each has probably uh, a one-point difference. Uh, well, actually, no, the 30-year um, has a more than, uh, no, less than a one-point difference from last year. Last year was 2.29. Uh, the 20-year last year was 2.22. So I don't want to confuse you. Again, I'm going to say it. The 20-year treasury, its current yield, meaning the return on your money, to is 3.33. And last year in 2021, it was 2.22 at this exact same time. Uh, the 30-year is currently at 2.97, with last year being at 2.29 in 2021. What is the importance of all of this? Well, generally speaking, if you understand how yield curves work, uh, as I've explained in prior episodes, uh, they should slope up. They should not invert. You're having a situation where a 20-year maturity is paying you more than a 30-year maturity. That is not what you would want. That's not what the Fed wants. Uh, but lo and behold, here we are. And I can tell you exactly why that is happening. On a 30-year side, you have a particular situation where um, the raising of interest rates has caused a, a dramatic issue where people um, are being priced out, not only by the asset bubble in home buying, but uh, simply being priced out because the interest rates are now becoming higher than they would prefer. Not higher than they can necessarily even afford, but higher than they can prefer. The price of the home may not be affordable, but the preference of the interest rate is something that is adverse to many first-time home buyers or people who are uh, going in and looking uh, to buy. So the demand of those 30-year bonds uh, has now been weak, and you can also see it not only in housing, but you can see it in, um, in 30-year corporates and munis. If you want a corporate bond that's going to pay a decent 30-year rate, um, so now think of like um, the most recent telecom bonds from uh, Verizon uh, and AT&T where they got very cheap money for 30 years. You have to collateralize it with something that is extremely valuable, like cell phone towers for 5G. However, if you're looking for 30-year paper and you're a municipality, uh, most recently San Francisco, because they have a budget shortfall to put to build new homes, um, they want to build more multifamily homes coming because rents are so high. Uh, and they have to offer almost 9%, actually, yeah, about eight, eight and change, either eight and a half, less than nine, but eight and a half, just to issue 30-year, uh, a 30-year bond, a 30-year maturity bond. That's expensive. And have, they have to do it is because of a lack of demand at that far out. Now, you can even also see that with that lack of demand, you have 20-year uh, treasuries that would yield higher, right? But the 20-year gets cheaper or has its struggles because uh, there's a lack of participation, even though the treasury is uh, reducing its auctions. So people don't want 20-year paper. More people would definitely want 30-year paper for mortgages if it were easy to, if it was easier to acquire a mortgage or that much more affordable, hence why they entice and give you know, special 
promos and offers and things like that to keep um, the expansion of the housing market and its growth. Uh, in a 20-year time space, you don't tend to see mortgages, but you tend to see uh, some more corporate buying. But there's liquidity issues currently, not issues of where people can't make payment, but more so issues of where borrowing at that extent or at that part of the curve, not the extent, but at that part of the curve, that duration has become less uh, desirable for people, for investors to choose to take that debt on. Um, borrowers want to take that debt on, right? They want to they, they wanna issue debt at 20 years and, and get someone to buy it. However, the investors are telling you, uh, just based off of what's going on with the interest rates, that they don't want it. Sorry, not what's based off of the interest rates, but what's going on with the auctions. Um, it, would, it would be very methodical to go into what auctions were one year, not one year, one month prior, two months prior, but you should understand that they have been reducing auctions. This is the treasury has been reducing auctions in the 20 year, uh, which was giving a liquidity issue. But because people don't want 30 year paper, they'd still buy 20 year paper. Now you say people, who are the people? People would be um, specifically corporations, even private investors who are looking at a particular area to issue new debt, buy new debt. They want to make trades in that area. But not only that, the fact that there's arbitrage opportunity with the 20 year having a higher yield than the 30 year. So as we now start to get into the arbitrage opportunity, I want to now explain to you what the exact trade is. I've given you a bit of the backstory and here is the trade. The trade is specifically is called um, an invoice swap spread. It's going to be foreign to most people, but you will come to understand it. And this is the basics before I get into the fine detail. Uh, the basics is pretty much like this. If futures are up, the 20 year performance generally is going to lag, right? Because they're working in an inverse relationship to each other. The 20 year performance is a bond. Uh, futures up, bonds down, stocks up, bonds down, right? But specifically, this, this uh, invoice swap spread is tying right to treasuries. Uh, Pay attention to what futures are doing, but you want to know specific futures, uh, specifically like gold, uh, specifically like oil. If those are pumping and moving up, you're going to see it fall in the 20-year price. Now, this will dovetail with the next two episodes as to why you would care where the 20-year 20, 20 is and the 30-year is, um, because you, some people would say, well, great, you know, uh, how do I trade it or, you know, what do I do? So now, allow me to get more uh, more specific on what the invoice swap spread is. Trading in invoice swaps, or what an invoice swap is, first of all, um, it allows investors to express an opinion on the perceived credit risk of two financial instruments. That's all an invoice swap is. It's expressing the opinion on the perceived credit risk of two financial instruments. One is a future, one is a 20-year um, treasury. And say one is a future and one is a 30-year treasury, right? So you're obviously creating these two trades. Uh, the wider the invoice spread means the more credit risk, meaning the wider the 30-R are from each other, meaning there's more risk to one side or the other. Now, the risk doesn't mean that the, the government treasury would default. It would mean who are those participating in that 20 year and how far is it spreading and what is their ability to refinance or get financing in that 
time frame. There's some corporations that that's where they're going to finance. Some will finance at five years. Some will finance at seven years. Some will finance at 20 years. See these things develop and see this invoice swap spread uh, be apparent if you can find that are in that area. I'm not saying that you can immediately find them because you Google. What I'm saying is when you do find something interesting out there, you do find opportunities. You want to look at their debt. And when you look at their debt, you want to look at um, what bonds they've issued. Where did they issue those bonds? Where did they originate from before they are at their current um, stage? You know, because it could be a five-year-old bond that was originally issued for 20 years, et cetera. You understand? So that's what um, I'd be thinking about. Banks tend to issue in that 20-year space, um, but also uh, investment banks also, not to be, not to be, uh, they shouldn't be conflated with uh, retail banks, but not only them, there's a slew of other companies. As I've, as we've talked about before, about 70% of all corporate bonds are junk bonds, and they're not all issuing within five years because sometimes it's too expensive to issue within five years. You need more time. You can see this to be proof positive with AMC and the fact that what they're trying to do currently, though they've been successful doing with one, is to either refinance or extend the bond payment or due date of bonds that they have so that they can uh, address some of these situations uh, as they pertain to the ability to service debt and its um, and its yield requirement. Sorry, its interest rate requirement. Uh, the yield comes from, you know, whatever the interest rate needs to be and whatever you financed it at, excuse me. But you can look up yield and interest rates to get a better understanding. I just wanted to make sure I clarified that. So it's going back again to the invoice uh, swap spread. That's where you're looking at it. You want to understand how uh, the two financial instruments are in relationship to each other and what the credit risk is between the one, which is uh, the 20-year treasury and its spread, its yield between it and the 30-year maturity. And the wider the spread is where you can see more of the credit risk to one of the other. Trading of invoice swap spreads uh, typically involves buying and selling a treasury future, paying or receiving uh, a fixed reliable interest rate. Um, so that sounds really technical, but in essence, what I'm saying is that you go on the futures exchange and you buy a treasury future, right? For 20 year maturity, 30 year maturity, you find exactly what instrument that you're looking for. I'd be looking for a 20 and a 30 year maturity um bond future generally on the cme uh i think you need like one thousand five hundred dollars in capital and they can uh extend you obviously it'd be smarter to use about twenty five thousand. you need a cushion for a margin of error and then they will give you margin on the money um once you have been able to find that um 20 year 30 year fixed uh treasury future bond uh, you would then pair it to some form of oil, uh, and um, you would then try to see of those those swings up and down. You would set this trade twice with one on the twenty-year treasury and one on the thirty-year treasury. You could then uh, pair the twenty and the thirty by setting those trades roughly at the same time where uh, the interest rates were pegged at a particular time in that, uh, when that trade took place, uh, thereby 
being able to run both at the same time. Or um, you could create what is called a swap, which you could do this on the futures exchange too, where you're swapping the two 20-year uh, and 30-year uh, against each other. However, I like swapping the two against the futures because obviously there's a disparity between the, two, the uh, 20 and the 30. So one will have to move a bit faster than the other. But most of all, what's interesting about this whole thing that just really, 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 really interested in it is that of what is ability to where portion of growth is going to come from for 20 from for 20 and 30 year maturities you see if you're seeing this or if you're seeing this dislocation and you're being able to track it and you have an instrument that's arbitraging it and you're making money in between the two, you can then start slowly positioning for the long as the Fed corrects that yield curve, because that's the whole, the whole point is to manipulate and correct the yield curve. And once they start to correct that, uh, you would be positioned owning or, uh, or shares of um, ETFs for the 20 year, uh, I believe that's TLT, or whichever else you're looking for and building your position on the upswing as things begin to normalize and that curve starts to go back to where uh, 20 is slightly lower than 30 um, and then 30 continues to climb. This happens immediately, but what I am saying is that the indication to me shows there is opportunity out there uh, for arbitrage. And if there's opportunity for arbitrage, uh, corporations are looking for that opportunity themselves. It, it, it makes it extremely exciting. So for those who may even question this or may not even understand um, why this is important, again, take your time to look up invoice swap spread um, as it relates to treasuries in the 20-year and 30-year. You'll see a bit of information on this when you Google it. Um, you can formulate what you believe, but this is what I believe is going to happen. It'll obviously keep people abreast. Uh, but that's the trade that uh, we're going to be taking moving forward. And it's because of that backstory from the beginning of the um, episode informing you of what's happening at the 20-year, what's happening at the 30-year mark that make me extremely interested to enter that trade. And I think that it works out uh, fully. So, you know, I, I think that the macro level of how everything is going, um, you would be very satisfied with what market and what you could begin to um, see in a bigger picture and directionally and, and build a larger position to trade bigger. Again, that's always the, uh, the overarching um, thesis, not overarching agenda when we come up with these thesis. There's always some trade that you can do on the short term but you always want the trade that can turn around and give you that 10, 20 X when you're very clear on where things are going and what I'm very clear on. Um, and I don't think it'll be just completely linear, but I'm clear that they will correct that 20 and 30 year inversion. Um, and the fact that there is that dislocation, I can take advantage of the dislocation while building into 
um, for the long hold 20 and 30 year uh, dislocation. Again, the 20 year is higher, has a higher yield than the 30 year and it shouldn't be happening. You need to correct the demand in housing, but it's going to be hard to correct the demand in housing. So you need to flatten some of that demand or some of the dislocation that is taking place in that 20 year to bring it down, um, hopefully keeping We'll make money on the arbitrage. And then when they prepare the challenge, we'll be right there waiting to ride it up and ride that 30 year up as it corrects itself and be shorting that 20 years it's down because we have um, we, we have a hedge or a swap uh, that has been created. And again, you don't have to look at these swaps as something that's overly complicated. You just have to have access to uh, the Commodities and Futures Exchange, and you can create this kind of swap, known as an invoice swap. So again, I'd like to thank Nate Coates uh, for give, giving me um, some insight on what he was looking at, and uh, luckily I was able to find what the products were and how to do it. Uh, so I hope, I hope this episode has found you well and you are enjoying your day. Um, I can't wait for you to hear the next episode. And then I keep using the words dovetail because it follows right behind this one. And it's going to be dealing with the 10 year treasury and the fact that it's mature. It's a uh, yield is is hitting 3% keeps knocking on 3% door passing 3% um, and what that's going to mean to your overall equities market. And especially to those who love tech stocks, what that is going to mean because it means a lot. I uh, thank everyone again for joining in Trade Talk. I appreciate you and everyone who listens. LA Echo out. Take care.